This is a great celebration at St. Michael. Some of you know that across the years and even the decades, 4th of July is the Sunday to be at St. Michael Church. If there's any question as you drive up the road, there are American flags lining our building just to remind you of what this weekend is all about. And so we have that celebration. We have pie in the garden cloister. We unabashedly give thanks for this nation of ours. And at the same time, we have challenges that we face individually, as a nation, and in a world. And so today, what I'd like us to do is to hold those together, the wholehearted celebration of our nation and our people, and an awareness of the challenges we face. And it is the peace of Christ which grounds us in that tension. One of my challenges this week involved my house where there was a small flood. I think some of you have had a leaking toilet and the emergency shutoff valve doesn't work and then the next morning you have the ceiling of the garage has come in and there's water on the floor. And so part of my week was cleaning out, tearing out ceilings, pulling up board, turning on about 12 fans, which creates an interesting background noise in the home. And yet sometimes the challenges are greater than these, right? You know what I'm talking about. The loss of a loved one, the loss of hope and meaning, deep questions that shake the soul. And yet when we come to church, we're not afraid to talk about that, those. We don't just keep it nice and pleasant. We also acknowledge that reality that many of you bring this morning, and we hold it all together in the peace of Christ. The disciples, as we know, knew about challenge. They were challenged by Jesus' teaching, which was both inspiring and confusing. They were challenged when they were sent out two by two with nothing but their faith to hold them. They were challenged with infighting and betrayal. They were challenged when Jesus was taken away from them. And at the ends of their lives, they were challenged by a hostile culture which wanted to destroy them. The disciples of Jesus know what it means to face challenge and still be anchored in the peace of Christ. For the past several weeks in church, we've been looking at Matthew 10, and it's a fantastic section. I encourage you to go home and read it all the way through. It's guided our last four or five Sundays. And in this, what's called the second discourse, the first discourse was about the kingdom of God and who Jesus is. The second discourse is about the disciples. It's about being sent out. It's about being equipped with just enough of what Christ has given them to do this incredibly scary thing, which is to proclaim the good news of peace. And so this second discourse is all about preparing the disciples. Jesus doesn't promise the disciples earthly power, but a spiritual power that knows no bounds. Jesus doesn't promise comfort or riches, but a way of life that satisfies every hunger and every thirst. Jesus doesn't promise smooth sailing, but anchors them in his peace, which transcends even death. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord is what Christ said to them. Jeremiah talks about peace as well. At the end of his passage, he says a really interesting thing. Jeremiah points out that many prophets, by the guidance of God, have prophesied about war, famine, and pestilence, and they needed to do so. But he points out that a day is coming when a prophet will prophesy peace, and when that peace comes true, we'll know that the prophet has been sent by God. 
One of the biggest criticisms of Jesus and of Christianity is that if Jesus is the Messiah, why then do we not have peace? If Jesus has begun this good work in God, why is there so much war and famine and violence? And many conclude he must have just been another nice teacher. He couldn't possibly be the Messiah. And yet Jesus was that prophet. We know it. He preached and embodied a peace that knows no end. Not a sentimental peace, but a robust, durable peace that can stand up to the challenges we face individually and collectively. Jesus knew that things would get choppy. Just a couple of weeks ago, he said, son will turn against father, daughter against mother. And we hear that and it's confusing and we say, why is he talking about conflict? Because the kind of peace he's talking about is going to rip us down to the studs and rebuild us stronger and better for the challenges we face. So Jesus makes it clear, I'm ushering in a new kind of peace and that kind of peace doesn't come without a fight. That's the kind of peace we're talking about, not sugar-coated, but a durable peace that sometimes you have to fight for. Jesus knows the peace of God deep in his bones. He knows what it means to be created in love and sustained by the Spirit. He taps in every morning in prayer. He knows what the beloved community looks like, a community of diversity and a community of peace. And he uses every story and every illustration to point to this peaceable kingdom. The kingdom of God is like a sower who went out to sow. The kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price. The kingdom of God is like a king who threw a lavish party. He pulled every trick out of his bag to try to get the disciples to understand the hope and the promise and the joy of this kingdom that knows no end. As I think about Jeremiah's longing for peace, I realize that the absence of peace in the world isn't a problem with Jesus or his message. The problem is the disciples, those who follow him, you and me. Do we practice Christ's peace or do we secretly doubt that it can actually stand up to the challenges we face? Do we surrender to the Holy Spirit given to us in baptism or do we stubbornly insist on going our own way? Do we endure or are we fair-weather disciples who turn away at the first sign of difficulty or trouble? The problem is not the Messiah. The problem is the disciples. This week, I went through Matthew chapter 10 again, and I highlighted all of Jesus' commands. This chapter is challenging, and there's twists and turns, and you can get distracted if you're not careful. And so I went back and looked at the verbs. What did Jesus actually tell the disciples to do? Because it was not only helpful for them, it's helpful for us today. And I want you to be reminded of what we're called to do as disciples. Go. Proclaim. Cure. Raise. Cleanse. Greet. Stay. Give your peace. Let your peace return to you. Shake off the dust from your feet. Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Don't worry. Don't be afraid three times. Endure. 
take up your cross, give a cup of cold water. Do you see that picture that begins to materialize as we hear those words? We're afraid to do this thing. We're afraid to go out. We're afraid to proclaim peace because it seems so far away. And yet if we as disciples take up this challenge, if we do what Jesus has commanded, then Jeremiah's hope for a peaceable day will come and people will see the Messiah. That is why our role is so important. Jesus actually has entrusted the gospel to us. It's not just a historical thing. He has given us this gospel and whether we know peace in our world is the extent to which we are willing to be shaped and changed by that gospel. I don't know what challenge you're facing today. I don't know what's sapping your strength, stressing your heart, or filling you with fear. But here's what I do know. Jesus has given us everything we need, not only to survive, but thrive. He gives not only his teaching, but his spirit. He gives not only his example, but the sacraments. He gives not only a promise, but expressions of peace in the pew next to you? Do you see this inheritance that Christ has given to you? What will you do with that in the world? With Christ at our center, individually and collectively, there's no challenge too great, there's no hurt too deep that can't be faced with grace and courage because the message of the cross is peace. And when we begin to understand that deep in our bones as Jesus did, and we begin to live that out in our lives, then that peace that Jeremiah longs for will be known and the Messiah will be revealed. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.